Okay, in this presentation, we're going to install the Oracle Database 11G release on our Linux uh, virtual machines. The reason I chose to install uh, Oracle is because Oracle is an enterprise-level database that it's widely used in the enterprise, and it runs very well on Linux. It actually runs on most operating systems, but uh, it performs very well on Linux, and a lot of companies are choosing to move towards um, running the database Oracle on the Linux platform so if you're gonna be a sysadmin at some point in your career you're gonna to have to install Oracle most likely so um, and it also is a good uh, test for us to test uh, a lot of the concepts we've learned throughout the semester because uh, installing Oracle on Linux requires a lot of uh, tweaking of the OS okay so we're gonna proceed with the installation so um, I'm here on the oracle-base.com website and this is a good website that basically shows you a lot of the uh, prerequisites and things you need to do to the OS before you can install the, the Oracle database. I've actually put together a text sheet with all the different steps that need to be done and I'm going to provide you with this sheet. So let's start with uh, with the packages that we need to have okay so I'm gonna run the yum command and install all these different dependencies that are needed uh, so you may already have a lot of these um, but um, I will go ahead and run it just to make sure if we already have them it will just let us know that so I'm gonna run this yum command and let it install um, what I'm gonna do is since I don't have enough space on my current partition I'm actually going to um, mount a iSCSI partition so um, this Oracle installation will actually install on a iSCSI part additional partition that I'm going to add to the operating system and I will show you how to mount iSCSI partitions and do that on a different presentation but here I will just mount that partition so that I have space to install it okay so it looks like I had most of those dependencies the next thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna do a group add you have to add some groups one is called DBA so I'm gonna add that group it already exists okay group add all install okay I already have it then I'm gonna user add the Oracle user and I think I already have this as well so and I do but otherwise I would run this command here user add okay so let me look at my etc password file and see if I have the Oracle user and I do and its home directory is Oracle home which is good and then I'm gonna run the password command on the Oracle account and I'm gonna set a password for that user um, the the user Oracle will basically own be the system admin for that Oracle database install so most of the changes to the database that you perform after you install the database are done as the user Oracle so it's very important that you know what the password is for that user okay the next thing I'm gonna do I'm gonna create this directory opt app Oracle okay a lot of places will tell you to install it on slash u01 so I believe they tell you to do that with uh, yeah U01 app but actually the default on um, 11G I like to do it on the opt directory so I'm gonna do that make there that 
Okay. Now, the next step is I'm going to mount this iSCSI. Um, actually, first I'm going to do an NFS mount uh, to the server where I have the actual Oracle installation files. Okay. So, uh, the Oracle installation files are actually on the server 192.168.118.1 and they're in the directory var FTP pub. That's usually the FTP directory where you go to get files but for Oracle it's actually a lot of files so we don't really want to get those through FTP. I'll just do an NFS mount. Okay, so it's mounted to the slash Oracle directory. So, I'll make sure I have a slash Oracle directory. It already exists, good. So, I'm going to do an NFS mount of the servers bar FTP pub Oracle database directory to slash Oracle. Okay, so now if I do the F minus H, I should see that mount slash Oracle. So CD slash Oracle, and there is the run installer, which is actually the executable that will start the installer. But before I do that, I need to um, make sure that I have my iSCSI partition ready where I'm actually going to put this software because as it is I don't have enough space 1.4 gigs on my root it's not enough so I need more space so I'm going to use the command um, SCSI no it is ls SCSI okay and this partition, this this 127 here, is my LUN that I've made available through iSCSI, where I'm actually going to install this um, Oracle. So it's LUN 127, and the device is dev SDD. Okay, so I'm going to at disk. I'm going to try to mount it actually. See if it it's ready to mount. So. FDB is actually going to be SDD1. Okay. So I'm actually, I'm going to mount, it's an EXT3 partition that is on dev SDD1, which is this one here. The LUN is 127. And I'm going to mount it to the directory that I previously made, which is opt app Oracle. Okay. So that directory actually where I'll install the files, it's actually a nice SCSI partition that um, it's available there. So now if I do the F-H, I can see that I have this device dev SDD1 and it's a 50 gig LUN and I have 47 gigs available which is plenty to install Oracle. So I'm in good shape here. The next thing I'm going to do is um, I'm going to change the permissions of that directory so the Oracle account has uh, full control uh, of that directory. So chone minus r, oracle the user, or install the group of this directory. Okay, so I've done that. Now, the next thing you have to do is add the following lines to the etc security limits.com file. So let's go to that file and take a look at that. etc security limits.com let's see what this file does okay so I'm in here and basically this will set uh, limits on the number of processes and files that uh, the Oracle account can use so the first line is the, the username uh, the next line tells me if it's a soft or a hard uh, limit 
and then the next thing is nproc or no file nproc is the number of processes max number of processes that that user can run um, and what they recommend is that we set that uh, the soft limit to 247 and the hard limit to uh, 16384 okay and for files n file is the max numbers of open files okay so basically when you run an Oracle database uh, there's a good chance that you're gonna have a lot of open files and a large number of processes running okay so that's why they want you to up these limits and you basically just go to the bottom of this page and you add these settings okay and if you don't add those settings then uh, when you run the uh, installer for Oracle it will tell you that you haven't done that and that you need to do that okay so I'm gonna go ahead and quit out of there the next thing we're gonna do is create some of these variables okay so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna su minus Oracle become the Oracle user okay and notice that the home directory for the Oracle user is home Oracle so I'm gonna vi the bash rc file okay I'm gonna go to the bottom of this file and I'm gonna add these lines here okay and I'm gonna explain to you what these lines mean the first is the Oracle base. This is the sort of like the the base root where everything will uh, be installed. Okay. The next is the SID. Every database has this SID, which is like the name or uh, uh, basically the name of the database. In my case, I chose ORCL, but you can name that anything you want. Okay. And then the Oracle Home is usually starts at the base, which is this. Up app Oracle and then usually it has the version of the database and DB home one in my case it was product 11.2.0 DB home one okay if I have these variables set when I run the installer it will read these variables and already know uh, where to put that stuff okay okay additionally I need to create a directory um, or an inventory. Okay, so I'm going to create that and I'm going to change the permissions of that directory also to Oracle. This is just a directory where the installer uh, keeps the inventory files. Okay, so I think I'm in good shape now to go ahead and start the installer. Uh, the installer is actually a next Windows uh, file, so you need to run it from your um, VMware server console okay so I'm gonna switch to the server console and um, I'm gonna actually close these okay okay I'm root in here so what I wanna do is log out and actually log in as the root user as the Oracle user I'm sorry because the Oracle user is the account that uh, will install will be the owner of the Oracle database process okay so I'm gonna log out okay so I'm gonna log in this Oracle the Oracle password I chose
and remember the setup files I mounted an NFS partition from the server so I'm gonna go there and run the uh, installer CD Oracle, and there is the run installer. So I'm going to run the installer. This will just take a minute to load. Now, if we're missing any type of dependency or parameter that needs to be set, this will let us know. I know there are uh, certain kernel parameters that need to be set and I don't think I have all of those set so I'm also gonna have um, my putty window here and vi the etc sysdl.com file this is the file where you set your kernel parameters and these are some of the kernel parameters I've already set uh, which are the recommendations by Oracle and these are different memory share segments and uh, ports and network parameters that need to be set at the kernel level for Oracle to run uh, on Linux but if some of these are not correct during the install we'll, we'll find out because it will tell us okay so here okay so I'm going to go here and let's see okay this first screen uh, is you have to provide your email but we're not going to do that we're just going to go next uh, you have not do you wish to remain on your yes I guess if you were installing it for your corporation you would want to put an email there so they let you know when there are uh, updates okay here we have some options we can upgrade an existing database so if we already had an Oracle database and we wanted to do an upgrade to 11G uh, we would choose this one. If we just wanted to install the database software only, we would choose this one. But the default is to create and configure a database. So that's what we want to do. We want to create our own database here and configure it. So we choose that. Okay, here we can choose a desktop class database or a server class database. Okay. So uh, we're going to choose server class database actually. One of the things that we don't have enough is memory. Our systems only have 384 megabytes of memory, so um, some of these steps will take a little bit longer. Um, if we add more memory and faster CPUs, this will actually go a little faster. And if you do that on a production server, you'll have plenty of memory, I hope. Okay, so here we have two options. We can do a single instance of the database or an application, uh, real application cluster. 
Uh, this is something we could probably do, but we're just going to make it simple and just do a single instance database installation that's going to run here. Uh, Oracle allows you to do a cluster so that you can install it on multiple machines, but they all basically point at the same data for redundancy purposes. But for uh, we're going to do a single here, so we'll go to next. Uh, we're going to do just a typical install, the default. And this is where you um, those settings that we put in previously come into play. So the Oracle base, we already set this variable to opt up our Oracle. The software location, this is sort of the um, the Oracle uh, home that we chose. Okay. The storage type, uh, we could use automatic storage management, or we could do file system. In our case, we're going to do uh, file system. But this actually, this directory, remember opt app Oracle is actually an iSCSI partition, so we're going to use that. The group is DBA, and the database name, or the global database name or SID is ORCL. Now the next thing we need to do here is to choose an administrative password, okay? So I'm going to make my student. Actually it has to be a strong password, so I'm going to make it something stronger than student so it doesn't complain. I think it will let you put student but we'll go ahead and do that. Here's that opt up Oracle inventory directory that we created so that's why we created this directory because if we don't it will complain here that we don't have it. And oinstall is the user, the, the group that we created that will own those inventory files. So we'll go to next. So see doing all those uh, steps ahead of time makes it uh, easier to install. So here's checking all these packages to make sure we have them, the users, and here it will tell you if it fails, okay? Physical and swap memory, we don't have enough, so it's okay. We'll just skip those. But here it looks like we need four more parameters that we need to set. So what we're gonna do is, um, here if we highlight that particular parameter, it tells us that our value for this file max is 65.53.6, but the expected value is this. So what we're going to do is bring up our putty session and uh, we're going to find file max, fs file max, and we're going to change this from 65,000 to 68,15,744, okay? So, and save it, so we got that one. Okay, well, let's see what the next one is. The IP range, they want it to be between 9,000 and 65,500, okay? Ours is a little bit different, so what we're going to do is go back here, go to our port range, and change this to 9000. 9000. And here is 655. Okay. Save that again. Okay, so we took care of that one. WMEM max. They want it a higher value, so we'll find that one. WMEM max, there it is. We have it at 26,000, but it needs to be higher, so we'll go ahead and edit that. So 10485761048576. 106, okay, we'll save that one. And the last one is the IOMAX NR. What if I have this one? 
Okay, so what I'm going to do is, just to make sure I got the right name, I'm going to do sysctl minus a. This will list all the different parameters. And I'm going to grab io max nr. Okay? And copy that. And bring it over here. To the bottom and change it from 65,000 to this number again, the 104, 85, 76. Okay, these are kernel parameters that need to be set uh, that are prerequisites for Oracle to run on Linux. Okay, so now that I have all those kernel parameters from the cctl.conf, I need to apply them to the kernel. So you do that by running the cctl minus p. Okay, now if I run that cctl and I grab grip io max, now it should be this 104 number. See, now it's 104. So now what I can do is minimize this, come back here, and uh, check again. Do a check again. And those four should go away. So it checks the kernel parameters. It checks to make sure you have all the packages and the user accounts. And look, those four are gone. My memory is a little short. I only have 376, but it requires one gig. But what I can do is tell it to ignore all, OK? And swap I'm a little short as well. I think it requires uh, at least a gig or maybe two gigs of swap and I don't have enough but I'm gonna tell it to ignore all and I'm gonna proceed to next. Okay so here is basically my summary page of all the stuff that I've chosen so far and where it's gonna install it and I'm ready to go so I'm gonna go ahead and do finish. And uh, this is going to take a little bit of time. What it's going to do is it's going to go ahead and um, prepare the system and then install the files. And um, and then after it's done, it's going to ask me to run a couple of uh, um, scripts as the root user. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pause this. Okay, so we're back, and this took quite a bit of time. So I recommend that when you're doing this install, um, after you hit the next button to install, you let it run for, I think it took over two hours on mine, so just let it run for three hours and then come back and look at it. And you should have this screen right here that basically gives you the information of what uh, where everything got installed, okay? So uh, again, you need to be patient. Um, our virtual machines don't have enough resources really to install Oracle, so things are going to take a long time. So um, after you get to this step, we're going to go ahead and say OK. OK, and then it's going to ask us to run a couple of files as the root user. OK, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring up my putty. OK. Okay, here's my putty session, and I'm gonna this time. So remember, the install of Oracle I've done as the user Oracle. 
but for permissions and other things you need to run a couple of um, uh, scripts as the root user so we'll run the first one okay the first one is in the Oracle inventory so opt app or inventory or inst root that is sh so we'll go ahead and run that and that sets the permissions correctly very good so then we'll run the other one this one is in the Oracle home so you actually can use the variable Oracle home actually it's not set for root so you'll have to type it opt app Oracle product 11 db home one and then root.sh enter the full path to the local directory user local bin is fine just accept the defaults and that's it so the next thing you want to do is um, minimize this and then hit OK here and it's going to tell us that the installation the installation was successful which is great okay so we're going to hit OK here okay and there's a log file that you can look at to see all the different things that happened during the installation but we're pretty much done with the VMware console everything else now we can do from the putty so I'm gonna switch to putty okay I'm gonna make this a little bigger so the first thing that I'm gonna do is make um, uh, SU and become Oracle okay so who am I? I'm the Oracle user okay and then I'm gonna bring my sheet here and see what the next step is okay so we went ahead and installed things now we actually can look at the processes so PS minus AUX and pipe grep Oracle okay and then here I can see all the different Oracle processes that are running okay the the important ones that you need to know about are the PMON the SMON and the log writer so here's the SMON or SMON Oracle so this is the process and then the SIT of your database uh, let's see if we can find the PMON here's the PMON okay and let's see if we find the log writer log writer right here okay if you go to Google and you search for Oracle background processes you can find out what each of these processes do there's the log writer the name of it there's one for checkpoints there's the SMON or the system monitor and there's the process monitor process the, the PMON and there's several others and you can see what each of them do and uh, what they do with the PS command okay so that that's very important um, actually during our installation um, that took you know over two hours what what happened was um, the database configuration assistant created a, a, a database for us okay and really it's not a database in Oracle terms the database is the processes the memory and the CPU and all of that make up the database but actually uh, the instance is the 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 what we normally call the database on SQL Server and MySQL so we have an instance now of Oracle running okay and to connect to the instance the listener needs to be uh, 
running. So let's see if the listener is running. And here it is. Okay. So this listener process runs in the background. And um, this is the process that allows us to connect to the database from another host. So if we do netstat minus na and then we grab Oracle. Let me run that as root. So I'm going to exit. I'm going to run this again, but as root. Uh, let me see. Fifteen twenty one, right here. This process here is the listener. Okay, it's called TNS LSNR. Okay, and it listens on port fifteen twenty one. That's the port that um, all your Oracle applications or the SQL Plus, SQL Plus is the Oracle client, uh, use to basically connect uh, to the to the Oracle instance and run queries. Okay, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna become su minus Oracle. Okay. And we're going to be I bash RC. And what we're going to do is we're going to export path. And we're going to make path equals the already path variable plus user local bin, which is where we told it to put the executables. And also we're going to add in there Oracle Home. slash bin which is where some of the other executables are okay so our path for executables will contain the existing path user local bin and oracle home bin okay then we're gonna source this file and now if we do SQL plus it will find it in our path and SQL plus again is the the client that we will use to connect to our Oracle instance, okay? So what we're going to do is we're going to create um, a user, okay? But first we're going to connect the SQL plus slash as sysdba, okay? So to create users you have to be a system uh, database administrator and at this point the easiest way to do that is to connect with SQL plus the Oracle client as the system DBA to the root and that's the command to do so okay so here it's telling me that I'm running SQL plus 11.2 and I've connected to an Oracle database 11g instance okay so uh, what I'm gonna do is run this command here and then I'll explain what this command does in just a second so I'm gonna create a user called TLOS1 identified by password student so my username will be TLOS1 my password will be student and in Oracle you have what it's called a table space and, and it is in the table space where all your um, instance uh, files get uh, stored and you need a default table space and you also need a temporary table space to, to put uh, the data so in this case I'm using the default table space users and the temporary table space temp okay it is this user this user really is not only the, the, the credentials that I will use, TLOS1 and student, but also this will become actually the, the, 
the user that will hold all my database uh, information. Um, so what I'm going to do is run this command. Okay, so I've created this user, and by creating this user, I've actually have a space in the Oracle instance where I'm going to store my data now. Okay, so this is like creating a database on MySQL. Same thing. Now the next step is to grant, uh, connect, and resource. Uh, permissions to this user so the user can connect okay if you just do that and you try to connect as that user uh, it won't let you connect because you need to have the connect permission so we're gonna grant connect and resource to TLOS1 the user I just created okay so now I can actually quit as sysdba and log in as that particular user but before I do that I'm gonna FTP to the server FTP FTP I'm gonna connect as anonymous I'm gonna go to the pub directory ASCII and I'm gonna get a file called oracle.sql okay okay I'm gonna quit and I'm gonna show you what this file does basically this file will do two things it'll create a table and this is the create table command that uses the plsql which is oracle's sql uh, language and it's, it's pretty similar to what we did with MySQL but um, the variables are uh, names are a little bit different so here I'm actually creating a table and I will run this once I log in with my user uh, TLOS1 okay and then I'm gonna insert um, I've created this table customer just like we did with MySQL and then I will insert two records one with uh, Ted Mims and then one as TLOS1 okay so what I'm going to do is, um, so I have in my current directory, pwd, I have a file called oracle.sql, okay? So at this point, in, I'm going to stay in that same directory and sql plus, connect this tlos1, slash, and then put the password, which in my case I made it student, and then at, and then orcl. This is the name, the listener expects the SID when you connect with SQL plus okay so the listener has been configured so that in this in this particular host so that when you connect as I think I typed this wrong or CL so that when you connect you, you just need to pass the SID for the database which in this case is ORCL okay so we'll connect and it connected okay which is good and then to execute that file is that SQL file that I have with the commands I just need to in Oracle, uh, SQL Plus, you just run at the add symbol and the name of the file. In my, in my case, it's Oracle. I don't have to put the SQL. It just expects it to be named .sql. So at Oracle, we'll run that. It'll create my table, and then it will add two of my records, okay? So now I can actually do select star from customer, and there's my data, which is great. So now the next thing I'm going to do is now I have my instance running, it's working, and um, I want to take that data and actually dump it to a file, okay? And for the assignment, I want you to dump it to an OCFS2 partition, okay? So in my case, I already have a partition here that's running on the devsdb1 um, partition. And this particular partition is actually a OCFS2 partition, and it runs from the iSCSI server, okay? This is the same iSCSI server that um, is hosting our Oracle Home under SDD. 
under SDB, it's hosting the um, this OCFS2 partition. So if we do more etc fs tab, you will see that I have a file here. I have an enter here for db dev sdb1. It mounts it under mount iSCSI and it's an OCFS2 partition. The nice thing about OCFS2 partitions is that this particular partition um, can be mounted by several systems at the same time. So when you run the Oracle rack as a real applic application cluster that I mentioned before, you want to have an OCFS2 partition because you can have multiple uh, servers that are going to be looking at the same data and have that data mounted. Okay, you cannot do that with an EXT3 partition. If you do that with an EXT3 partition, your files will get corrupted. But the nice thing about having an OCFS2 partition is that it allows to have multiple systems with that same partition mounted without the data getting corrupted. Okay, and I have another um, demo that will show you how to create the OCFS2 partition. But in this case, I already have the partition mounted under Mount iSCSI. Okay, so what I'm going to do now is uh, SQL plus again so SQL plus my user my password and then my SID okay and then what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna spool mount iSCSI tlos1.sql so what this does is anything any command that I run on SQL plus after I run this command will get stored under this file which in my case will be in the OCFS2 partition, okay? The Mount iSCSI, remember, is the OCFS2 partition. Okay, so I'm gonna pass this command. Hmm, it's telling me it cannot create the spool. So what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna change it and spool to mount. Let me quit real quick and see if I can write through that from here. Okay, bit.txt. Okay, so at this point I cannot write to that file. So, um, I have some problem with my uh, OCFS2 partition. So, what I'm going to do is just go back to SQL Plus and do uh, spool again and I'll do tmp tlos1.sql okay and I'm gonna save it under tmp and then once I get my um, OCFS2 um, partition to be write writable then I will copy that file there so I'll spool it there and then I'll run um, select star from customer Okay, so all of that information is now stored under temptilos1.sql. Okay, and now I'm going to do spool off so it stops saving stuff there and I'm going to quit. Now, if I go now to the temp directory, I see my file there and I know what happened here. Um, the, the partition. Um, the OCFS partition is not owned by um, the Oracle user does not have uh, right permission to that partition so I'm going to exit as Oracle and I'm going to chone Oracle o install mount iSCSI 
okay so now I've given it right axis so what I'm gonna do is um, CP or move TMP TLOS1 that is equal to mount iSCSI okay and then CD mount iSCSI and there is my SQL file and it's owned by Oracle and all install and if we look at it it's got all the data that I want it okay so um, at this point we're done but um, if you reboot your machine at this point and come back your Oracle uh, database instance won't start automatically so let me show you what you need to do to start it if you reboot your machine okay so I'm gonna go back to the root as I'm gonna su minus Oracle okay and I'm gonna do here um, SQL plus slash as sysdba so I'm gonna connect back at sysdba and I'm gonna do um, shutdown what this shutdown command will do is it will stop the database uh, server on this box this might take a little while so let's see what happens okay so it closes the database first and then it dismounts the database and it shuts down the instance so now if I do quit and I do PS minus AUX and grep Oracle I don't have all of those processes that I had before all those Oracle processes they're gone but I still have the listener okay so the command to stop and start the listener is basically uh, or at home slash bin listener ctl stop so this command will actually stop the listener okay so if you shut if you shut down your machine and you restart it you will be at this point where uh, where nothing's listening under 1521 and all the Oracle processes are stopped okay so the first thing you would need to do is do Oracle home bin listener start to start the listener okay and then the second thing you would do is you would do SQL plus slash as sysdba and then here you would do startup to start the database. Okay, and that will start your database. Um, I can actually log in as the user uh, TLOS1 again. Okay. The listener sometimes takes a little while to log in to start, so you have to wait for it to start. Yeah, it's still, it hasn't started yet. It takes a minute to start sometimes, so just wait till it starts, and then um, you can connect as T as your local user. But the things that I want you to do is once you have your database and you have your data stored in your SQL file and you've copied it to the OCFS2 partition the next thing I want you to do is to go ahead and shut down your database 
and stop your listeners so that your um, your VM is not pulling all those resources and then you can actually um, take your um, VM and, and put it on um, suspend mode okay because if you leave the database running and your VM running at the same time then um, it will still start use all those resources and it will make it slow for everybody else okay so um, let me see if I can connect back here no, the listener hasn't started yet so we'll wait till that starts but the database is running because I can run PS minus AUX and grab Oracle and I should be able to see all the Oracle processes.